Um, and it's a really good one to finish with because it just gives us that opportunity to stop uh, and perhaps ask ourselves, are we living the best life um, that we possibly can? It's also the last time I'm going to say, if you're listening online, please watch the video first. It's in the life group notes and then come back to the discussion. Um, so earlier on in the video, the host said that we're called to be um, different and not weird. Have you ever been accused of being weird? Um, not to my face. Although... When I look back, when I first became a Christian, it's, it's probably 40 years ago now. It is 40 years ago, actually, actually this year. To be honest, I probably was a little bit weird. Um, you know, I, I was a sort of normal, average bloke with, you know, fun-loving, sports-loving kind of guy. And I sort of turned into a little bit of a, a Bible basher overnight. Um, and as I look back, you know, sort of 40 years, I, I was a little bit of a... Uh, fundamentalist. I had lots and lots and lots of passion, but I had very little knowledge and less understanding and zero tact. So, you know, looking back, uh, it, it, it's a little bit of a cringe. Uh, you know, it's a little bit embarrassing as I look back. And uh, I imagine in those days, people probably give me a little bit of a wide berth. And I know it's a matter of opinion, but I'm a lot more normal these days. <laughs> well, <laughs> relatively. Relatively. What about you? Have you ever been accused of being weird? Yeah, all the time. I, I don't think it's anything to do with my face, though. <laughs> it's just who I am. Um, I think we have to be careful, though, don't we? Because I think as Christians, we can end up living in this weird little bubble with our own weird little language and our own weird little rituals. Um, and actually, we're called to bring the love of God to the, to the world. And so I think we, you know, don't be weird. I think that's what we're saying. Um, a lot of the, the scripture on the video is actually taken from uh, Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12. And it's this really wonderful uh, practical chapter on how to live um, as a Christian. I recommend you, you sort of look through it yourselves later. Um, but it starts with this idea that we're to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, which is a bit of an, an oxymoron, isn't it? Oxymoron? Yeah. Blimey, it's a bit early in the morning for words like that. That's a, that's a, a big word. Does everybody know what that means? You, you're surprised I know a big word, aren't you? That's, that's what it is. First time for everything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Baltimore is two opposite words uh, that have been stuck together. Um, so it could be uh, things like deafening silence or uh, act naturally, um, Welsh rugby. Those kinds of things. Right, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll guarantee you by the end of the day we'll be top of the league, right? <laughs> because we're playing Italy away this afternoon. Okay. Um, let me respond to that. Graciously, and I'll respond, respond, with <laughs> <laughs> I'll respond with another oxymoron. I think, Dan, you are clearly confused. <laughs> I know that was a little bit... Uh... Right, okay. I think we'll uh, call it quits. Okay, fine. Okay. Um, the message uh, translation of the Bible actually is really helpful with this. Uh, it helps us understand what Paul meant by that terminology, you know, offering our bodies as living sacrifices. And the message says this, and I, I really like this, just catch this. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Wow. Let me give you that again. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, 
and place it before God as an offering. I really like that because basically it's saying to offer my body as a living sacrifice means me to live for God just in the ordinary, everyday things of life. And, you know, I've been here long enough now that you know that uh, I've said on many occasions that there are three rules when we are trying to understand or interpret the Bible. You remember what they were? Context, context, context. That's right. And we mustn't ignore what Paul writes just before that. Uh, you know, he comes up with this phrase, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. But just before that, he says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifice. And I think that we need to, what we need to do there is to, so that we can understand this is understand what Paul has been speaking about for the previous 11 chapters. Those words come in the beginning of chapter 12 of Paul's letter to Romans in the New Testament. The previous 11 chapters is telling us all about God's mercy, what God has done for us through Jesus Christ, uh, that we are sinners, that we can't save ourselves, that Christ has died on a cross for us, that he has died that we ha might have our sins wiped away, that Jesus is the only one that could do that, and that anyone who places his or her trust in Jesus they're no longer condemned, but they're loved and accepted by God. And then Paul says to them, in view of God's mercy, or in other words, in view of everything I've just talked about in the last 11 chapters, and all that God has done for you, Christ's sacrificial love to you, offer your bodies as living sacrifice. In other words, when you understand what God has done for you in Jesus Christ, then you're in a place to recognize the greatness of his love for you, the most natural thing in the world is to then live for him more fully. Uh, C.T. Studd, there was uh, a guy called C.T. Studd. He was a missionary and um, actually an English cricketer of another generation. He once said, if Jesus Christ is God and he died for me, then no sacrifice that I ever make could be too great. Yeah, it's good. I get that. I understand that. Thank mm. you. Um, and I like the way that Paul continues as well. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, or I think uh, Nikki used a translation that said, don't let anyone squeeze you. Let, don't let the world squeeze you into its own mm. um, mold. And I think when we, when we come to faith, there's, there's an internal shift. Something changes, and as Paul um, elsewhere describes it, as like becoming a new creation. Or a few weeks ago, we talked about being um, born again, sort of a clean slate but in order to continue living in that reality then i think sometimes we need to die to certain things from the past we need to give up certain um, ways of living or stop conforming to the pattern of the world as paul puts it and actually i think we have a responsibility to do that you know jesus talks about um he says no one lights a lamp and then hides it under a board or under a bed but they put it on view for all to see and i think that's our responsibility you know it, but it can be hard can't it and i think um Sometimes there is that pressure within us to conform to the rest of the world, to, to join in with gossip or act selfishly or respond to things in anger. Um, it can be difficult to, to stand out, mm. do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I love that story um, of the policeman doing his final exams and all of these catastrophes are happening and all he wants to do is take off his uniform and mingle with the crowd. And I thought it was a really, really great story, a very funny story. But it's always uh, easier for us to, to mingle with the crowd, isn't it, than to stand up and be counted for who we are and for what we believe in. And I think that so often in life the, the pressure is for us to conform um, 
because we have a desire to be loved and accepted by other people. We don't want to be different. We don't want to stand out from, from the crowd or be seen as odd or weird in some way. But I think that the more that we see ourselves as God sees, sees us, the less we will feel the need to conform to the ways of other people. And I've met so many, many people over the years who, who just have this insatiable desire that they have to mingle with the crowd, they have to conform to other people's desires simply because they want to be accepted and, and loved by them. And I think that that's sometimes one of the reasons why people wear you know, the designer label goods and have to wear the right brands, whether it's shoes or watches or handbags or jeans, or even the way that uh, they might uh, present themselves on social media. It's very often uh, so because they want to be loved and, and, and accepted. But I believe that when we understand and find that our identity is in Christ, and that we are loved eternally by God, that we are accepted by him as his children, I think that we will feel uh, the less need to conform to others' desires. Yeah, definitely. I think we've spoken about that in, in previous weeks as well. Mm. And I, I really, it was interesting, I thought, that the, the word hypocrite comes from this idea mm. of the, the, in the Greek play where the, the hypocrite would be the one wearing um, the mask. And I think we all have that tendency, don't we, to, to wear a mask. And sometimes we want to give that image to others that everything is fine, that we're doing well spiritually, that there's, there's no problem, we never get angry, never hurt anyone, never do or say anything wrong. Um, and, it, and it's simply not true. And I think we have to come to a place um, where it's okay if someone says, how are you doing, you're all right? We can say, yeah, I'm, I'm not all right, actually. Things are tough. And, mm -hmm. you know, would you pray with me? And, and just be open and honest with each other. And I think church should be the place where we get to practice that sincere love that they spoke about on that video. Um, and where we get to, you know, learn to bear with each other, warts and all. I think mm -hmm. that's okay. I think that's what this place mm -hmm. should be like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love Toby's comment uh, in, in that. In fact, I, 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 I put it down. Let me, let me sort of get it right for you here. Toby, he said, um, when you realize that God loves you just as you are, you can drop the mask and just be yourself. <clears throat> and then he went on about uh, talking about uh, relationships of, uh, which are authentic, and being authentic as a Christian enhances our relationships with other people. You know, we can make that real connection. What, what, what do you make of that, Dan? Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I agree. I think... Um I think when we try to impress people with our strengths or, or, or put on this facade or this mask uh, and let everyone sort of know that, that, that we're okay, actually that can, can scare people away. Mm -hmm. I think they can think, oh, they're too holy or they've got everything right in their life or I mm -hmm. could never sign up to that, I could be a part of that mm -hmm. um, because cause clearly I'm not that good. And actually I think what people are looking for, as they said on the video, is this idea of authentic relationships, yeah. that we are vulnerable, that we are just as weak, that we make the same mistakes as other people and that that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think we need to make sure that we haven't got a different mask for different situations. Absolutely. We're trying to lead yeah. a whole life, Yeah, I totally we? agree, absolutely. At the end of the day, and we, we don't yeah, want to be right. different people in different situations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, the other thing that I kind of picked up on the video was this, um, the New York businessman, Scott really? Harrison. Wow. Yeah, um, wow. founder of uh, Charity yeah. Water and... Um, I, I just thought he was brilliant. By every measure of the world's success, he should have been yeah, completely yeah, happy. Yeah, you know, he had the money, he had the, the grand piano in his New York apartment. Um, As you do. Yes. 
But he was unhappy. And, and you know, he said he was inspired by Jesus. And he said he was inspired by that verse in James which says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans, the widows in their distress, and refusing to let the world corrupt you. And then he just went for it. And he sold everything. And he um, found a need. And then he met it. And I thought it was a wonderfully inspiring story. You know, who'd have known you could be so happy by selling things and helping <laughs> others? No wonder we call Jesus' kingdom the upside yeah, down absolutely. kingdom. Absolutely. But he said a few things at the end of the video I've just written down. He said, the idea of trying to serve God through my work changed everything in my life. And then he also said um, that it's true wherever we work or whatever stage of life we're at, um, we can bring kingdom values. And I just thought that was brilliant. I think that's so true, isn't it, that we're living in this world today. Yeah. And it seems like every time you turn on the news, every time you get an alert on your phone, things have got a little bit darker. Mm. Things have got a bit a little bit grimmer. There's a little bit more hate going on. Um, and I think we have the opportunity as Christians just to shine brighter <coughs> than perhaps we ever have done before. You know, to show the world what sincere and genuine love looks like. And I think it's a choice that we all have. You know, we either allow ourselves to be corrupted by the world around us, or we can take a stand. You know, we can be like that police officer melting into the crowd, or we can shine Jesus and we can stand up for what's right. Yeah, I don't know about you, I, I was incredibly inspired by that story, I really was, of uh, Scott Harrison, I think his name was, wasn't it? Yeah. Absolutely amazing. He was making money, and that was his primary uh, ambition in life. But at the same time, he was unhappy and he was pretty empty on the inside. But then when he put his faith in God, all of his priorities changed as so often they do. Uh, he still had the abilities that he had previously, the abilities and the skill set to make money. But now his primary priority was to, to live for God and not, to, not for money, to be God's man, to seek first God's kingdom. And uh, Scott used his skills in a totally different way to make, was it $200 million, I think it was, something, like something crazy. And using that to reach 5.5 million people with clean water throughout the world. It was absolutely mind-boggling, and I found that story absolutely amazing. But I think there's a challenge for us here as well today, that when we become Christians, you know, our Christianity isn't confined to a church service on a Sunday morning for a few hours. Because we've all got a range of talents and gifts and skill set and resources and opportunities and spiritual gifts to go out and make a difference in the world in which we live. You know, we might never have an opportunity to make two uh, million dollars or reach 5.5 peop um, million people with clean water, which is astounding. But we do have that opportunity to make a difference to the lives of people around us, perhaps in our own families, in our own neighborhoods, those that we share hobbies with, those in uh, our places of employment, our colleagues, and so forth. And uh, you know, I think that we need to remember there the, the starfish principle. I'm sure we all know the starfish story of the little lad on the, the beach throwing starfish back in. An old guy comes along, son, you're not making any difference. There are tens of thousands of starfish on the beach. And he said, well, I've just made a difference to that one, and I've just made a difference to that one. And sometimes I think, you know, when we look at the world, we think, oh, my word, what a, what a place this is. There's so much misery and suffering around. How on earth can I make any difference at all? Yes. And it's perhaps best for us just to look at the ones and the twos and the differences that we can make. And it's amazing what they eventually mount up to. 
Yeah, the Christian life isn't a, a life of petty rules and regulations or misery and gloom, but it's a life of joy and hope and fulfillment and love. And I cannot think of anything better to do with my life than to join in the purposes of God with his purposes in his world, which is incredible, really. It's fun, it's fulfilling, and it's the greatest privilege that any of us could ever imagine. Now, the title of this week's uh, video was, How Can I Make the Most of the Rest of My Life? How can I make the most of the rest of my life? And the quick answer would be this. Don't live your life with you in the center. Don't live your life with you in the center. Put Jesus in the center. Live for him. Serve others in his name. And give your life to Jesus. And he will certainly make more of your life than you ever thought was possible. I love that verse. We often quote it. Where Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. As someone on the video said, you cannot improve on God's plans for your lives. Well, that might be a challenge to some of you. Maybe that you've come into church just for the first time this morning. It may be that you've come through many weeks and you've enjoyed the, the Alpha course that we've been involved with. And you are just wondering, where do I stand in all of this? Well, maybe for you this morning, it's, it's decision time. It's a time for you to say, okay, I haven't got answers for everything. I don't know everything, but I'm going to, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to trust that this is the right way ahead for me and that is your decision here no one can make that decision for you and I would encourage you to, to go for it because there is no greater or one more wonderful life that Jesus can do so much more in our lives than we ever thought possible and I would encourage you to make that that response it may be a, ever so faltering and feeble in your in your words and say oh Lord I think this is the right way ahead but I would encourage you to make that step. You know, the God of the universe, the one who has created everything, has made that step down to us. He has condescended. He has sent his son, Jesus Christ. And for us, tiny little humans as we are, to put our hand in the hand of the one who created the universe is a huge step, isn't it? But I would encourage you to do that as well.